0: I saw a statistic the other day that said almost 20% of adults in this country have mental health issues. Nearly 5 million children in this country have some type of serious mental illness. If you were diagnosed with mental illness, do you think it would be something you'd keep to yourself or share with those around you? People are often afraid that if those around them knew about their illness, it might affect how they are treated or become a problem for them at work. My guests today dealt with mental illness for years in their work. The therapy twins, Jane and Joan, have come up with their own diagnoses and are on a mission to shine the light for everyone on mental illness and make it easier for those suffering to live a normal life. I'm George Siegel, and this is the Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. Every week, we introduce you to people who are working on real-world problems and providing actual solutions. Tell Us How to Make It Better is partnering with The Readiness Lab, the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. Ladies, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. We're so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah I really I really appreciate it. Now, this whole twins thing is throwing me off. I, I, I knew uh, some twins in high school, and, and that was it for the rest of my life. I never really uh, um, ran into them. So I had some questions for you. Okay. Um, the first one is, how did you decide whose name went first? Why not Joan and Jane instead of Jane and Joan?
1: <sighs> well, Jane will tell you, but she's the older twin. I just ruined it. Go ahead. So, Well, um, well, because I came out first, it was very much noted that Lori was the oldest sibling. And when the twins came along, I came out first. So I'm Jane. And so it naturally went Lori, Jane and Joan. And then what we did decide, though, if you look at our website, we're trying to change it to Joan and Jane. It doesn't. And there's people that will argue, especially over A becomes A comes before O in the Mm -hmm. alphabet. Yeah. And they're fighting it, but we're trying. That's another thing we're just trying to do. Yeah. Make things more even.
0: Whose name goes first on the marquee? Okay. What is the dumbest twins question you've ever been asked before? Something I might ask you today.
1: Oh, the dumbest was um, just one. It was um, I thought you uh, are you twins? Because I thought you all died when you were children because we were teenagers. I think at the time I thought that was the dumbest (laughs) because you're not the only one that hasn't seen twins since high school. Yeah. And maybe it's because being under a microscope during that time, high school, you run like hell and you don't want to be with each other because you don't want to be under the microscope anymore.
0: A fun house. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, when uh, my wife uh, was pregnant, they said there's a chance she could have twins. And I said, I'm, I'm leaving the country. If that I don't need need that many more children, but uh, it it looks like a lot of fun. Um, Okay. And what is the funniest twins story that you had? The, the, the last one wasn't so funny. It was just the dumbest one.
1: Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. The funniest was, um, it's not the funniest. The funniest, I, the funniest for me was when the love of her life, before he broke her heart, um, came up from behind me and picked me up. Nothing sexual, but what he whispered in my ear. I went, oh, you've got the wrong twin here. Gross. (laughs) That is gross. Well. Wow. The one that broke your heart. Okay. She's like, who did that? (laughs) <laughs> I've had many broken hearts. Gee, okay.
0: Join the club. So now you, you two, are you exact identical twins? I mean, you look uh, um, Some
1: people say they call us mirror twins. And we, I, re- I remember we both had a mole on one side of our nose that yeah. everyone made us look, turn and look. And so we both got those removed. One but, eye is smaller. Uh, maybe the mouth droops a little on oh, one yeah, side. The difference is, is uh, we are the uh, exact height But Jane has a longer torso and I have longer legs. Yes, that is. That's a difference. There's a difference. Other than the weight issue. Oh, Jane. (laughs) uh, The weight difference, which, you know, can change if I could just master that. But yes, I have a longer torso. Joan has longer legs. Mm -hmm.
0: That's a question I wouldn't have uh, touched uh, in a million years is the weight question. All right. Oh, God. I, I know. What is the problem that you are working on and what are you doing to make it better?
1: The problem is, is it's an ongoing stigma within the profession and outside of the profession in psychiatry. A doctor has no problem saying, oh, I broke my arm back in whatever. And the patient's all excited or they talk heart attacks or whatever. And as soon as it's mental illness. Oh, and even within the profession, substance abusers, they all get to come out with their substance abuse history as professionals. In psychiatry, they frown upon that. And I think it was Vivek Murthy that said, it's excellent if sports people and actors and actresses and people with billions of dollars come out with their mental illness because they have trampolines to fall upon if something happens. But the average person doesn't. And he said, I could be misquoting him. He said, if professionals could just come out the stigma would go away. And so we did it. We came out with our own diagnoses in an ADHD friendly pamphlet that you will laugh your ass at. We call it a book, but yeah, we do call it a book. It's considered a book, but it's really a pamphlet. We don't want anyone to, and currently free, which is
0: excellent.
1: Free, free.
0: That's the best part. So what is the pamphlet about? What are we trying to get people to, to, to mainstream this? So when somebody famous says they have mental illness, when an actor yeah. says they have stage fright and, and and certain things, people give them some space and they go, oh, that's that's terrible. Right, but if the right. guy sitting next to you at a cubicle in your office, you think people run from that person because they're afraid yeah, of them? Yeah, people
1: do. People do. I was just looking up um, the actor Gerard Butler yesterday. Huh. And, um, you know, I was reading down, you know, whether or not I would date him. And I'm um, <laughs> reading down... <laughs> and he had some substance abuse issues. And I I, I kind of just skimmed through it. And I felt the shame. I felt like somebody should have edited this. You know, it was shameful. And that's what we're trying to do is to say, yeah, I had mental illness, but what what was it, you know? And, and also what's happening about Anne Heche. I mean, she's dead. And yet people um, that I have heard so far, oh, wow, she had a lot of problems and you know, issues and they separate mental yeah. illness as if your head is already decapitated we're not henry the eighth's wives we all have it's stuck to us but we won't connect it so we thought if we would come out with mental illness with ours were which is kind of comical yeah. and what we're trying to do is just make it so it's not so scary yeah you know um with Anne Hayes, somebody said, oh, you know, you know, she used drugs. Well, that just cut the, the conversation right off. And what happened to that saying where every saint has a past and every sinner's got, you know, a future. a future or that thing in religion where he's whoever has that
0: stone. whatever,
1: who hasn't sinned, cast the, the stones. stones Oh, yeah. he who is without sin, cast the first stone. Well, what we do, at least here over here. In America, and I think we kind of did it in our own personal relationship, is one bad thing. You wear that scarlet letter. You are done. Don't ever try to get back into that club again. Call society, even. Yeah. You're an outcast. Oh, she, you know, she's got mental illness.
0: Well, do you think mental illness today is overdiagnosed? Do we use that as an excuse for people? Yes. And say, well, they can't just be an asshole. They have to have something wrong Absolutely. with them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, most mental illness is a uh, reaction and a response to human trauma. I have—I can't believe I just learned this. We're retired and have been in the business since 19, early 80s. And in the first DSM in the 50s, even schizophrenia was a reaction to human trauma. And we were just commenting on being able, privileged to be able to work with Yale University yeah. when it was an amazing psychiatric facility facility. Um, All the psychiatrists back in the day were were exploring trauma. So what they had back then worked. And in 87, 88, healthcare changed and the business suits took out what worked. And And that's it. They took out that, that word, John, the Oh, and and then in the next DSM in the sixties, it wasn't a reaction to human trauma. It was just labeling, label, 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 distance, 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 you're nuts. I'm, oh, Mm -hmm. thank God I'm normal.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I've read and, and it, so you don't think it's a problem that's getting worse over the years, like between the, the kind of processed foods people eat, the kind of problems yeah. they're facing in the world. So you think it maybe it's the same as it's always been, but now we're just putting people in categories?
1: What's getting worse. That food is, thing is, is what's correct. What's getting worse is kicking people out of this club called the human race. <laughs> we're, we're kicking people out And pretending that we are including everyone. Society does not do what Joan calls the zebra effect. Yeah. I mean, have you been to Skid Row? I actually was there, unfortunately, when I broke my foot and the guy, the Uber, only knew that way to the emergency room. And I actually started to cry that my fellow human beings... Were that exhausted, hot, no water, no facilities to go to the bathroom, and it, it made me cry. It was horrible. And the other thing, Joan and I were honored to do in the eighties was to see what what people don't do anymore in a longer term psychiatric hospital. It was Yale University, and what they would do is bring people in, take them off all of their medications and they call it a washout and to see, you know, let's, instead of having 10 meds on board and I'm exaggerating, let's see what's really going on and, you know, decrease some of this. And I'm walking through Skid Row to get to the pharmacy to get her, her uh, medication. And I am feeling like I'm back there with all these unmedicated people suffering Yeah. Suffering, whether they were substance abusers or psychotic, it's just, it was horrible. And so what, what is getting worse is you're right. We're over diagnosing, but we're picking and picking and teasing out. Talk about, we grew up under a microscope, which twin had the mole on the right versus the left who has, um, I was called the fat twin my whole life. Fat. When I was, I have always been of normal weight. And it does a number on you. And so we're picking people out. Oh, he's just a narcissist. Oh, she's borderline. I mean, we're, we're really separating instead of bringing people together. And it's all about intolerance of something different. Hmm.
0: So it's just you, you think we brand these people just so we can have an excuse for their behavior?
1: I think it's out of fear. You know, you're so fearful that somebody could actually react that way when when we want to say that the sickest back in that day I mean the stories you couldn't even put this in a movie because people would say well that just isn't true one one young boy was passed around politicians I'm not going to say what administration but it was back in the day they're all dead And he was passed around um, just for sex and as as a young boy into being a teenager for so many years. And I remember running down the hall with him while he wanted to kill people. And, you know, it was really hard to be around them because of what they went through. But, you know, but I fell for the chemical imbalance as well. I mean, we all did. I mean, it's research science. You know what I want to say to people? I'm a realist. I'm a this. You know what science is? It changes. What about the hypothesis until you get it, until it doesn't? So we have the identical DNA, but different fingerprints of yet. You know, it could be in the future that somebody's going to find out that twins actually have identical fingerprints one time in 800 million. So that's what science is to me. I laugh when people say, yeah, but yeah, but whatever.
0: Well, we see with mental illness, um, extreme examples with mass shootings. Now with um, with homeless people, as you were bringing up Skid Row, uh, the amount of people that, I mean, there's something, obviously, if you don't have the means and you have to live someplace, but a lot of these people are suffering with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people walking around the street. How how do we make that better? It seems like a, a an impossible thing to accomplish.
1: It is probably impossible short term, but a, one guy in our lives that we actually speak with almost every day because one of us had him as mm-hmm. a husband. As a husband, <laughs> yeah. he has three degrees from Yale University. He's one of the most humble persons I have ever met. When we were first married, a, a Yale would call our house, the landline, and beg John, sorry, beg him to finish his degree because he would not finish his business degree at Yale University because they took out the humane part of a corporation. And I remember he wanted to go on and actually be an APRN and he was going to go be a nurse at 50 and then go get another degree. And uh, he finished that master's degree in business. But what he said was uh, other parts of the world have a system in effect that you can't be you can't have a certain amount of billionaires or millionaires if children are still starving. So he said if he were in office, he would get the hundred most rich people in the room and say, we have to solve the childhood abuse neglect problem. They're dying. And ask them how you're going to take it. Because you're going to have to give a little to actually get a little respect because we will shame you that your wealth is sitting on all children. And that's unfortunate that we don't care about adults because children are resilient is the most false statement I have ever heard in my life because we may be alive but you don't like our behavior anymore. And I am a professional and I have had two arrests in my life. And you know what? A guy said to me, you've been arrested. (sighs) That's why I trust you. I've never trusted somebody who's never been arrested because they've always followed the rules.
0: What'd you get arrested for?
1: uh, One uh, was larceny and the other one was unfortunately a DUI. Very actually, fortunately, so so I don't even have one glass anymore and get behind the wheel. It, it's actually fortunate. Both experiences are fortunate. Every experience is fortunate, really. Even my whole most horrific, <clears throat> my whole most horrific sexual assault is a fortunate incident because truly, you you do have other passions in life to help others. Once you have been through trauma, you can not only recognize it. That's a gift that you can now recognize that in another, you have the opportunity to help somebody else. And there's where the domino effect is.
0: Well, so a lot of the things that you're that you deal with or talk about are coming from experience. When we see people protesting or 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 rioting or or arguing about things, are some people just doing it because they think it's something they need to do, but they have no life experience to really back it up?
1: Oh, well, I, I, I've never actually probably picketed, but um, I think I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have experience. And then the rest of the people are like, oh, that looks like a good idea. I think I believe in that today. But Jane, um, Jane talks about DNA a lot. And when you've had a child, because I've never had one, you're passing along DNA, including emotional DNA, anxiety, all the way to a strong person who constantly gets back up. Jane, don't you talk about that? Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, You know, it's in those articles that Children, say the, the, the mother child bond is, you know, mm, pr- you know, more scientific than we thought, because, you know, <laughs> you know what, man, and I'll include women, what, what we uh, humans have to do is say, why don't we do an experiment on these bunnies? This lady, this bunny oh. just had six little bunnies. Mm. Let's take those, those uh, bunnies, hook her up to some, so we can monitor her respiratory rate and her heart rate. Let's take every baby one by one, farther away than she can sense. And let's murder those bunnies and see if she knows it from a distance. That's what we have to do. Because you know what came out of medicine? I, because <laughs> we're so old, we're so old. Can I just tell you, wearing gloves was an insult to the patient, unless that person had something like leprosy or COVID, highly contagious, then you would have to do those kinds of things. But we take out the human touch or the mother that spent the last two weeks with her two-year-old and notice that Jesus' two-year-old is usually wired, looking like they're on meth, running around exploring everything and then exhausted. And why is he lying on the couch so much? And he's not really eating. Well, you take him to the doctor? And the doctor says, "You are a brilliant mother. You diagnosed pneumonia." Well, no, I didn't. Well, I guess I did. But you know, people forget to pay attention to that person. We hear mental illness. What do we want to do? We want to run away. You know, we what they did um, a, a big disservice to psych when they came out with the statistic that a certain type of of schizophrenic, which Mm. that's not even, we don't call them paranoid schizophrenic anymore, I guess. But that particular type of person might have been 1% more violent than the rest of, or 3%, you know, and, and it just scared a nation. And most of the school shootings are done by people that have been neglected from the system, or in a lot of in my opinion, I'll speak for myself and people that I've spoken to in the wrong system. And, and right now society has left psychiatry to sort of deal on their own. And we have a hierarchy substance abusers are the worst. So we give them less care
0: mm-hmm. when they're
1: symptomatic, we give them less care. Absolutely. When a diabetic, is symptomatic with a high blood sugar or a low blood sugar, they get more care. Yep. Not a substance abuser. I just want to say that sometimes people don't realize how bad. The one woman who used, which means she was symptomatic, went to get back into her shelter. And they said, oh, they took her urine and she used. And it happened to be a a horrible snowstorm in Connecticut. And she died. They kicked her out. She died with her sweatshirt over her wheel. Behind, Behind a dumpster, she froze to death trying to warm herself with her sweatshirt. We kick them out. We we tell patients, we tell people to yeah. kick their children out of the home. Yeah. And it was a man from Poland. When I first started, I was so honored. This man was a Holocaust survivor. He grew up in Poland. And he was a little boy. When the Nazis took him, his mother, he and his mother to Auschwitz, I believe. And he, I learned something I never knew. He actually went to school for a little while every day. He had a little schooling. He was like a kindergartner. In the whole?
0: In, in the, the camp. In the
1: camp. But what he said, his, his, his son was a substance abuser. And what he said was, what you people told me to do does not compute in my mind and my heart that you would never send your child out the door. You would get more care, but our entire society gives less care. You know, I wanna say something, this is Joan. Um, When I went to school, I had the privilege of somebody from another uh, country to come and talk to the substance abuse classes because we were gonna be prescribing. And he mentioned about five different substances You know, alcohol, think, think post-traumatic stress, but depression, anxiety, insomnia, cocaine, depression, or ADHD, or some type of learning, but who cares about marijuana, it's so helpful, like, let's get rid of the negative, but when he said opiates, he said, I don't want you to repeat this to anyone, and I'm thinking, I probably misheard that, because if you don't repeat this, how are we going to move forward? First, think anger. You never want to say that to a patient anyway. Well, you seem anger. That's like, you know, did you want to get hit, Joan? These are the things you should say. Calm down, relax, or whatever. You, you don't you, go do that. <laughs> anyway, what he said about <clears throat> heroin after the anger, he said, remember, it is something that person needs to forget. And again, I'm going to say in therapy, you s- please say that. But also please say, do not tell me this. You can still heal from this because when somebody says it out loud and another human being hears it, unless you're both veterans and have been in that war, you feel judged. So I didn't want to hear what they needed to forget. Unfortunately, quite a few told me. So I do tear up a lot. Anywho, it was that. And that's crazy because it's just crazy.
0: Years ago, I was playing in a golf tournament with a doctor um, who dealt with a lot of substance abuse. And we were talking about Daryl Strawberry, the baseball player. Uh And I said, boy, I have no sympathy for this guy. He had everything in the world going for him. And he just threw it all away on drugs. And he said to me, that's why you should have sympathy for him. That is the power of addiction. Addiction is so Mm -hmm. powerful. He was willing to throw his career away or threw his career away because he couldn't control it. So... When people are dependent on drugs, when people are alcoholics, when people are are into uh, amphetamines or opioids, are we saying that that's a mental illness that we need to understand or is it an addiction? Are they the same thing?
1: I want to say first and foremost, it is a a reaction or response to something. Nobody. I mean, okay, no, I want to say nobody just goes and says, I'm going to be an alcoholic. A lot of alcoholics I treated, their father brought them to the bar when they were infants and there was beer in their baby bottle. So I don't think it's an, an you know, some people are uh, um, physically, yes. Some people get addicted faster. Some people have a higher tolerance to pain. Some people have a higher tolerance to life and they don't, you know, need to reach. But what we're reaching for, there's a reason for why we're reaching for it. But the other part was- And then, and there's also been a a study, of course, we, you know, I don't know if anyone knows this, but mice and rats are considered like- the best mothers ever, you know, they probably put all us humans to shame. I've heard that everyone that's worked with them Mm -hmm. from scientists to the people that are the caregivers and have to gas them at the end of the experiment and kill every last one of them. But these, um, the one of the experiments was done, you know, you mentioned the word, you know, addiction and do we label, should we label it? Or what is it? A mental illness or a disease? Uh, First of all, Mm -hmm. Every living thing out there has some form of addiction. And if you back it up to may all be fed and let nature work itself out, I don't know if you know, trees apparently communicate with each other. And one of the things trees will do, let's say there's a little a row of some trees and bushes. Well, when somebody didn't get enough water, mm. the one that got a lot of water is going to give up not is not going to take a drink so the other one can survive because they know like native americans knew Yeah. yeah that if you don't have a cooperative uh society going on none of us survive so all things living things including humans can suffer from an addiction and what i believe is so much fun is finding out which one that is for you because i would never have guessed in a thousand years that it was cigarettes for me it was the hardest thing I had ever had to give up. And um, I have a funny story that I'm not going to tell right this second about why I started, but I lied straight to my son's face. And that was probably my most shameful moment of my life. But that little, so thing- the experiment with the mice is get them all addicted to something right, right, right. That, def- that also has a physical withdrawal yes. as well. And then let's see what happens. Yes. They all loved every drug. They loved it. They loved it. Which animals knew what exactly when to stop? Because, you know, once again, they're brilliant because they have nurtured that uh, intuition, that sixth sense that we pretend doesn't exist. Oh, my goodness. We think everything is science. And mm, anyway, <laughs> you know, like human touch. Right. So anyway, the one thing. So they keep them locked out. They make them go through withdrawal. They feel the pain of withdrawal and some, some medication withdrawal kills you some it's so uncomfortable. And the one thing that each um, mouse chooses over that substance as painful as it is to give away Mm. is freedom. Yeah. Freedom. So we're not free our society. This one, especially, could you use that word socialism? oh my goodness, the negative connotations that all humans could have access to health care will start a war. Yet they I give mean, to the police fund, hello socialism, the, you know, the library, the socialism. public school. I mean, all these socialized, wonderful things, the parks and everything, they love socialized. it. Socialized. But medicine? Oh my oh God. God. Now you see, is oh. anyone sick? You see how great America is? Yes. We are, now we're the young ones, and we love being these young John Wayne crowd, and I'm going to do it all on my own. That's important what you said to anyone thing. who is sick. Did you hear what she just said? In nature, that's all we're acting like, actually. We're yeah. actually being normal. As we're leaving them. If you have an albino duck, that albino is going to risk the, 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 the squad of ducks to get noticed in nature he's not blending in we saw it at one of those parks our parents kept trying to we were so negative we were drawn Mm. to negativity she kept trying to give us vacations and I saw all the horror in it and I was like the duck and they're leaving the duck and she was screaming she wanted to be they had to peck it until she stopped following them Oh my God. So that's what it is. That's why survival, we can have survival medicine. of a fittest. And now, do yeah. you see how horrible it is now because everyone is afraid to speak because okay. there's of that thing called cancel culture. Mm. So we have these brilliant people that are loved by millions and they say something well and they do something. You know what? You know what? We have to, I believe, could we please oh. get back? I mean, I am the mother of a son. Mm. I'm the mother of a son. Oh, boy. And if my son, if I heard what I heard years ago there were a group of i did not have a child back then there was a group of mothers of sons and daughters that were friends since let's say junior high so these guys and girls are friends buddies and sometime in high school at a party a couple of the guy friends or i don't know who the, some of the boys raped the girls now that came to me and that was my son this is what you might not hear from me those mothers were defending their sons and calling the other girls the names that just like we do in the courtroom what were you doing out at two o'clock in the morning and what I'm sorry you had on a what a skirt? And how short was that? You must have been asking. You had a few drinks. You let the boy kiss you. You must have been asking for it. Well, first of all, I would have kicked my ass. My ass. My son's ass. And my son knew this. Um one day he, uh he was junior high, I believe, and the word slut came out of his mouth. It was like it was like I was on uh, radar. I stopped <laughs> what I was doing. I said, Whoa, 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 time out for I said first of all, that word I will never you cannot say that word ever again. If I hear about it, you're dead. And I also said, now you remember you're judging someone that you have not walked in their shoes. I mean, Joan and I being therapists, we have heard some stories that are so humiliating Mm -hmm. that these people that some people say, my God, no one's ever admitted that to me. Mm -hmm. They're humiliating stories. And one of the things that's going to go right up to us being so passionate about breaking that stigma, and it's Mm -hmm. not just mental illness, Mm -hmm. the girl says to me, three things, that's what brought her to my uh, chair. And, you know, they were, one was, um, I think she slept with someone the first date, maybe she had an abortion, and there was something else she did, and she was very embarrassed, and I just looked up from my, my pen and pa- paper and I said, tell me something I haven't done. And now through the grapevine, she knew Joan was working in a place and this yeah. girl was there. And she said that was the only reason she continued with therapy because every other therapist <clears throat> judged her for that immediately. How I don't even know, but you feel it. Cause I've gone to therapy and felt judged. I want to get back to what Jane said. That is so important. Any person in male or female that spoke of hypersexuality and things they weren't proud of and what is wrong with me. Every single one of them was either they were traumatized as a child. I don't know. What, usually, we're not going to judge that it was just. just it was, it was often sexually. It was often a family member. And they or... keep saying, no, I wasn't raped. No, I wasn't raped. You had the, did you feel sexually assaulted by that person touching your thighs, your arm? There are ways to feel sexual and raped by somebody's eyes. And as a child, you don't understand that. So it's way worse. I've been sexually assaulted as adult, an adult. And I always told my female clients and male clients that yours was worse. You were a child. That's how much more confusing it was. I knew exactly what was happening. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, let's try to bring this back around so there's some hopefulness here. Because yeah. A lot of this is <laughs> pulling me right Absolutely. down into the ground. I'm going, wow. Okay, this is a huge problem. Do you see problem, how dark but- we
1: can get? mm mm-hmm
0: a touch dark but so let's let's bring some light to it what can people do as an action item to try to, to help with the problem
1: to help with the problem because everything seems to be a reaction to human trauma what we did back in the 80s and it should be done today it is the zebra effect when something happens like the lion goes in or tiger to get the one of those zebras if that zebra dies, bye, we're out of here. But if that zebra doesn't die, the the herd brings that zebra back and allows for regression, allows for acting out behavior, allows for the reaction and still feel you're part of the herd. What we do is separate. So what what I'm saying is, whatever you like to do, okay, you don't want to do it alone, find somebody to do it with. Because when you go out in public, or exercising, or to eat, to movies, for music, silence. You, if you do that with another human being and you feel accepted and safe, there it starts your healing process. Therapy comes in, you can come mm-hmm. to therapy. Jane has very funny stories about how long you can vent for, but yeah, eventually it turns into vomit and you could aspirate and get worse. So there is a limit to how long you're going to stay. Us, for example, we stayed in it for too long. As you can see, give us a microphone. We'll go negative on you. You you need to stop that negativity. Thank you. We will leave our copay at the door for you. Thank you for that. To turning us around to laughing. Listen, before we labeled everybody (laughs) with a mental illness, we had things called compassion, tolerance, and forgiveness. Look them up if you need to. But one of the ways we healed our relationship, because I know for myself, I was extremely intolerant. And who do you take things out on is the person you trust the most. That'd be my identical twin. And it wasn't until I learned a little compassion, a little tolerance. And boy, I didn't realize forgiveness was quite important. Um, Where Then things started turning around. And I'm uh, I'm not the funny twin. Joan's the funny twin. But I actually have more of a sense of humor the more I use those three words. I mean, act them. um, Life is a little lighter rather than I feel I programmed my brain with the glass was half empty. And at the exact same time as it's half empty, it's half full because what's on my list to watch by myself is I never saw it. It was uh, won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Film at some point. It's Life is Beautiful. Mm. It was the Italian man that uh, gets in the concentration camp with his child or the Nazis invaded, and he has to make it less horror-like for his child. So they make it into a game. I I saw it at the theater. But anyway, everything humor saved my life. It's light versus dark, and we're tipping the scales. I mean, one small thing, and people are going dark. But I'll tell you how it won't work if you're me. I used to be atheist, um, a realist. I'd call myself scientific. I'm not going to lie. Methodical. Yeah, whatever. And um, what what unfortunately works is <clears throat> you have to lie to yourself at first if you want to have a self esteem. You actually have to say I'm beautiful and I inside and out and I do this and that. It was a social worker who said it. Why why can't you lie to yourself, Joan? I thought okay, I can try. And then the other thing is we have such a hard time with, yeah, but past, present, and future, once a loser, always a loser. No, sir. Native Americans knew that you speak of the present only. And if you want rain, you envision that it's already raining. Those two things, the Native American way and the social worker saying lie to yourself, that really jumpstarts you into positivity. Because at first we are negative and we have programmed our brains to be that.
0: And also maybe just start being nicer to other people.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, a little, that. You know, and that. a little tolerant that, you know what? People don't realize and we're identical twins. And Joan sometimes would walk around like, huh, I don't get it. Same DNA. How did she come up with that thought when mine was the opposite? And I'm thinking, Joan, different life experiences, different um viewpoints on things that would be normal. And we don't even have freedom of speech anymore because no. once you disagree with the other person, now you got to shut them up rather than saying, wow, I never thought of it like that. Tell me more about why you feel like that. Oh, cause you'll get a lot more. Sometimes you don't want all of it, but you'll get it. I mean, just <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so... Right,
1: me a little nicer.
0: Yeah. So how do people get your book slash pamphlet? What's the best way to, uh,
1: Oh, it is that. um on Amazon. Unfortunately, right now it's a Kindle that's for free, it's so it's an ebook. Ebook, right And now. it is uh, under the hood, but also put in therapy twins because we didn't realize how many people have a book called Under the Hood. And um, John <laughs> can tell you why, but um, it's even easier if you start with dot uh, uk because for sweet oh Amazon dot uk yeah uh, England really woo did they give us a a chance at first you know some bridal magazine you celebrity magazine. But a lot of the mental health arena. Mm. And one of the the reasons is it's if, if Americans could just um, look up and around (laughs) and see that there are a few Mm. countries, Switzerland, Denmark, Portugal, 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 and how they changed the whole substance abuse theme (laughs) from um criminal to a public health thing which basically opened up services and attitudes decreasing and Um, by the way there were zero deaths i don't know with the last um check there was zero if we could just look at that and see how they solved their crises of death, what Joan was saying, but no. Mm-hmm. Instead, we would rather come after the prescriber and watch their um, children die. Uh, ho- I don't know, know how many hundreds of thousands. Uh, but pretend we're yeah. going after drug dealers. We're going after the low to mid-level drug dealer that's just trying to Jean, put a negative on the table. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you know, uh, I want to end on a happy note. So, mm-hmm. how do people follow you on social media? How do people consume what you're about here? <laughs>
1: Everything is just therapy twins. One word, two words. At therapy twins, whatever. It's the twins. We, we. What do you call it? Patented the the name only because a physical therapy group wanted that for a chair, and I thought, uh-uh. We're well, actually, we're the rappy twins on Twitter. A lot of rap artists started yeah. following us, and they thought we were yeah. yeah they thought we were the Rappy Twins not Therapy Twins <laughs> what we promised <laughs> and we are what see? we promised is the book is a lot funnier than what we were yeah doing. we just probably if you gave us another hour I think we could have gotten Stayed more but, but we are very passionate about those the, the disservices but we promised the book is funny yeah and there's a few solutions in there as well and Therapy Twins versus the Rappy Twins are spelled identically so there you go different perspective boom
0: awesome and I would never <laughs> want to dismiss the things that you're emotional about I mean they're obviously okay. things that really matter. To to you and and i think that's great that you have that kind of passion
1: thank you thank you
0: so hey thank you for coming on um (laughs) i i appreciate your time and uh continued success
1: thank you we appreciate that thank you your copay is at the door okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) very good i have good insurance but uh it may take me six to nine months to pay you (laughs) thank you so much for stopping by and listening to today's tell us how to make a better podcast if you want to get more information about Jane and Joan, the therapy twins, you can find it in the show notes. And if you have any questions or comments for me, there is also a contact link in the show notes. And I'd love to hear your questions or thoughts about what you'd like to hear on future episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.